Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. The name is Learning to Live in the Miraculous is the name of the, the message. Uh, last week, uh, we began to study and we began to talk about uh, the miraculous. We began to talk about the things that the Lord had said that we would do and even all that he had done and even greater works would we do. And my comment to that was, and still is, that that is the hour and the time in which we're in right now. We're, we're, right, we're right into that time of which now we're not only going to work the works that he worked, but greater works are we going to work? And so I begin to I begin to put all this, this stuff together. And and first, before we can begin to really understand how to learn to live in the miraculous, we're going to have to understand that this book that's in your laps tonight, called the Holy Scripture, the Bible, whatever name that you may have for it, the Tanakh uh, could be a, a, a name. Uh, anyway, this is a book of miracles, and that's what it is. And we're going to start in the front. We're going to start in Genesis, the first chapter, and we're going to begin. It begins with miracles, it ends with miracles, and, and everything in between is miracles. I think one of the, the main things, well, let's, let's start in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, and we're not going to get, try to get too strung out with this. There's, there's gobs of scriptures, and I'm not sure how many of these scriptures that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to use, but I want to be certain that I use so many of them that nobody can mistake the fact that God is a miracle-working God, and I, you know, and I, I believe this. I believe that there is a miracle waiting to happen every day for each one of us if we would just learn to live in that place where we could receive those miracles. It says Genesis one one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. The first miracle ever recorded was the fact that the Lord God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Now, we know that that miracle is called, obviously, was a great creative miracle. We know that it was formed because he spoke those words. And then we're, we're going to talk somewhat down the road about the kind of faith that we're going to have to walk in in order to be able to, to see, uh, to speak, and to have the kind of miracles that we're going to have to live in these last days. I don't think that it's any surprise uh, uh, to the church that God's a miracle-working God. What I think the surprise is, I think the surprise is that people don't realize that by Him being that miracle-working God, He intends for us to be able to walk in that. Because why? We were made in the image of God. When He made man, He said, "Let, let us make man in our own image. We, as a spirit that's on the inside of us, are of the image of God himself, which means, brothers and sisters, that you have all the capabilities of living in the miraculous. Why? Because you have the tools. If you don't have the tools, you can't live there. And, and, and bless God, let me tell you something. Uh, Donna made a statement, and it, uh, it really was great. She said to me, she said, you know, years ago, when people began to talk about flying, 
in airplanes, people said, oh, no, no, people can't fly. The people are never going to fly. You know, you're just not going to fly. But what was it? As time went on, we began to fly in airplanes. You begin to build airplanes, begin to fly in airplanes. And, of course, today, getting around an airplane is just a real normal thing. But there was a time when people didn't believe that you'd ever be able to fly in airplanes. But you see, what caused people to be able to, to, to understand that that was going to work was simply that they began to do it. And people began to watch. And people began to say, oh my, you know, I guess they're going to. And then all of a sudden they decide they would haul cargo. And then they decided they'd haul people. And now, bless God, all over the world, airplanes, thousands of airplanes every day haul people someplace all across this world. Now, do, can people fly? Yes, people can fly. But there was a day when people said, oh, no, it couldn't. It is a matter of seeing. Now, you, uh, let, me, let me tell you this. You have to realize there's two kind of people that, that, that are God's children. There's the kind that will just absolutely, by faith, believe that whatever God says, that's just the way it is, and I'm, I'm going to receive it. Now, I'm going to go back and tell a story here about being over in India and that huge crowd in, there in India, and I'm down on the, on, off the stage, and I'm down here praying for people, and miracles are happening right before my, right, right before my eyes. Miracles are happening. Numbers of miracles were taking place. And, and the people would just turn around and go back and, and sit down. And they wouldn't smile. They wouldn't change expression. They, 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 you know, and I, finally, I mean, I'm so aggravated that I ask the minister... And his name was, was Dr. Hasu. And I said, uh, I said, uh, uh, Dr. Hasu, I said, why are these people so indignant? I said, why, why do they, they act like, you know, this is no big thing? I said, I said, these are miracles that are happening here. And he looked at me and he said, well, prophet, he said, we just told him there was a man like unto Paul that was going to come and bring miracles and people were going to be healed and miraculous things were going to happen through the name of Jesus. He said, isn't that what was supposed to happen? And when he said that, I like to fell down. He put me in my place, and he put me in my place big time, because let me tell you something. He's right. That's what is supposed to happen. And I'm in a crowd, a, a, a huge crowd of people, that just came up, got their miracle, and went back and sat down. And I'm going, now let me see if I can understand this. In America, we're still trying to decide whether or not we can get lucky and get healed. In the third world, and, and I found this all over the third world, and Stephen's been with me in, a lot, in, in different places, and I found this to be truth. Those people will come by faith, and they will come and receive by faith when American people somehow come without an unbelief. Well, I really don't believe it can happen, but, you know, maybe I'll let the guy pray for me, and I'll see if I can get lucky, and maybe I'll come to a couple meetings if it don't work. We were talking in the back there. We just won't come back. And that's pretty well the difference in what I see in this. But there was miracles in the beginning. Now, now if you turn in, in Joshua, the third chapter, and, and we're going we're gonna to go there. Now, there's, we're skipping. We're, you know, we're, we're, definitely, we're definitely skipping uh, uh, some things here. So, so don't, uh, don't think that uh, we're, you know, we're, leaving, we're leaving everything out here. But we're, we, I want to jump over here because we're not going to be able to do all of them. But uh, I would like to do all of them. It may seem time we get done, we're going to do all of them. We're in the third chapter of Joshua, all right? And we're in, we are in uh, Joshua three thirteen, And we're going to look here, and it said, And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests 
that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that, that, that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. Now, what's he telling? Now, the priests are carrying the ark. And, and what Joshua is telling them, that, that the Jordan is about to be, uh, is about to be uh, opened up for them to walk across the Jordan on, on uh, dry land. Now, these people, have, these people have the Ark of the Covenant, and the priests are carrying the Ark. And Joshua said, it will not be until they touch their feet on the top of the water that the water is going to heap up, all right, it's going to heap up and stand up. And, 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 and it came to pass in the 14th verse, when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon an heap, very far from the city of Adam, that is beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the, the, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over the right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on the ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Talk about miracles. There's miracles. Now, you notice they had to stay out in the middle of the Jordan. Now, they had had a flood, and the waters had run everywhere, and there, and there was a flood, and they had come first. But the, but the neat thing about all this was, come sit down, the neat thing about all this is, and it's very simple, is that, that, that they believed what, what he had heard from God. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the, I think one of the most powerful things is to go back and begin to understand, folks, there are some people that hear the audible voice of God, and there's some that don't. Now, Steve and I have spent a lot of time together, and we talk often about the difference in these things. The difference in these things are, are the fact that people that hear an audible voice of God and have experienced God. Now, I, I, and I think this is important. I think it's important to learn to live in miracles and to live and learn to live day by day by those miracles of which we're going to have to do in the days that are that are that are right at hand now. See, I keep I, I have said for years that the, the known church on this earth, as we call want to call the church, which is going to end up just strictly being believers, is going to be known because and survival is going to be there because of the miracles. It's not, it's not going to have anything to do with us gathering ourselves together. It's going to have everything to do if, in fact, you know who the God is that you serve. And that you're close enough to Him that you can understand it doesn't make any difference. Now, now, and sisters, we're in, we're in Joshua, the third chapter. We started in verse 13 and went down through 17. And we talked about that when Joshua told, said the Jordan had flooded and they had to get the people of Israel across the Jordan. And, and Joshua said, look, here's what's going to happen. He said, as soon as the priest's feet touch, that are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, touch the water, the water is going to stand on a heap, and, and they're going to go across on dry land. And we read down through there that that's exactly what happened. And they passed over, and they were on dry land. Now, I, I, it thrills me to read about these things. It always has. And I think it's been a wonderful story for most Christians uh, throughout Christendom, all right? But the sad thing of it is, is we have to realize that there has to be, if there is still a living God, 
They're sitting on a throne that has a son, Yeshua Jesus, sitting there on his right-hand side. Then there has to be an evidence of a living God still in control of this earth. There has to be. Now, now I can tell you as a prophet that there is evidence right now that we have got a living God that, that flat is not happy with the inhabitants of this earth. And I have, I have prophesied and I have screamed from pulpits all over this world trying to get people to understand you better, you better know who he is and you better understand something. This world is going to wax worse and worse and worse. And God has sent prophets, prophets have, uh, God has sent from eons of time to stand before the presidents, to stand before prime ministers and kings, as God has had me do, and prophesy to them and tell them that God is not happy with what's going on in this earth. And if you don't repent and serve the living God, this and this and this is going to happen. And three days after I leave here, and three days after I leave, it happens. And, 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 and I'm, I'm here to tell you, and I'm getting ready to go to uh, Barbados in, in February and be on television, and we're going to do some things down there. And, and I'm going to, one of the things I'm going to do is talk about the, this preparation, uh, which I'm going to Phoenix tomorrow to do for four days and four nights, is to do the preparation of, of this plague that's coming. And by the way, let me, let me tell you what they, I now got a, we, we befriended a doctor, a medical doctor, when we was in Milwaukee a couple of weeks ago, uh, Don and I. And he and his wife, and and uh, they live in Texas. And anyway, uh, he sent me something out of a out of a uh, out of a medical magazine that China, China. It was a medical. I think it was actually Donna when and actually a medical uh, the kind of a thing that's a website thing. And that's what it was. What and China has now admitted that the, that this bird flu now has now passing from human to human. It has mutated, just exactly what I said was going to happen in the vision, and now it's happening, and it's, now they know that it's mutating. It's moving from human to human. Now, what's going to happen next? Well, it's going to get to be a mess. I mean, I keep saying, I, you know, that's why I'm traveling across the United States. I'm trying to get people to understand you better know who God is, you better prepare, you better realize the church ain't going to save you. And, and it just don't seem like the church wants to listen to a lot of that. But like I tell them, after they bury their dead, they can come and see me because there's going to be another plague come after this one comes. And then maybe the next time they're going to be ready to listen. You know, and if they're not, that's fine. But the fact of it is, we are in the midst of that thing. We are standing in the midst of it. Now, we are now entering into an age, and I, and I, I have prophesied for years that the Gentile, or the times of the Gentile, that, that door is closing. As I've, I've prophesied openly across this nation and around this world that probably within the next year, two at the outside, that the end of the Gentile age, it will be completely over. It is now ending now. And any time that God ends one age to another, and I've got teachings about those different uh, places of which God is called, or we call it different ages, in which God has come and done whatever and moved on to do and to do another and to move on to do another, we have come to that time again. We've had 2,000 years to live under grace. Somebody say amen. 2,000 years, God, God has given us an opportunity to live under grace. That we were able to able to understand, not knowing who we were, not realizing what we are in His eyes. But we had two thousand years, and now that that period is over, now God has now done something absolutely marvelous and spectacular. God has now opened the doors of heaven itself and begin to open and bring revelation knowledge to the prophets. 
And, and, and the prophets are standing prophesying. The prophets are saying, saying the same thing over and over again. God is making changes. God is causing us now to become what God caused us to be from the foundation of this world. And all we're doing is now lining ourselves up to come full turn on into that place uh, to, to do the things that God called us to do. Now, with this plague that's coming and with the necessity... Of which, and, I, and what did I do? I got done with what? Was that three hours that we did on the bond of the covenant? That, that God with a rod is going to bring us to the bond of the covenant once again. He's going to bring us with a rod. What do you think this plague is about? This plague is about God bringing us back to the covenant. The covenant that He made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The law or the teaching that He gave unto Moses... And Moses brought to the people. God is bringing us back around to it. And the church says, oh, well, we, we, we've been redeemed from all that. And I keep saying to the church, church, you better wake up and t- before it's too late. You better understand something. And when, when the Lord uh, Yeshua, in the 24th chapter uh, of Matthew, uh, told us, uh, uh, let no man deceive you, that we were deceived. We have been deceived. We've been sadly deceived. The Jews weren't going to tell us the truth. You know why? <laughs> because we call them Christ killers. And, and they weren't going to tell us anything. And those of us that were Jews, that bless God, that, that, that bless God didn't practice Judaism, uh, we weren't going to open our mouths about anything. And the reason we were, because we believed the church was right too. We believed, I can't tell you how many times that I have been involved and I have watched as ministers has had Jewish people. Now, we had a Jew in here. You know, that, that young man was here, what, a few weeks ago? Uh, ben, uh, a full, full-fledged Jew. And, 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 but you know, after he received the Lord Yeshua, asked his Lord and Savior that evening, uh, you didn't hear me tell him now, don't keep any of the law. Don't keep any of the festivals. Don't keep Sabbath. Don't keep New Moon. You didn't hear me say that to him because I know better. All right? But I heard so many preachers say, now that you have been redeemed from the curse of the law, you don't have to keep any longer any of the things that bless God that, that had to do with the things of Judaism. Now, we said at the time, and that's the, reason I, that's the reason God instructed me. He said, I want you to start teaching the people, teach them how to live in the miraculous. Because, folks, if you're not going to live in the miraculous, you ain't going to make it. The fact of it is, do you think it was miraculous? Uh, I started, where I started tonight was over in, in the book of Genesis in 1, 1 through 3, where God said, let there be light. Was that a miracle? Yes, it was a miracle. This book, as I said, is full of miracles. Bless God that when, when Yeshua, Jesus said to us, all that I have done, ye shall do, and even greater works shall do. Folks, we stand in that time. And I'm excited about that time, but I'm going to tell you something else I am. I am very concerned about the believers. I'm concerned about the believers that are on this earth because I know I have lived, I have lived in miracles. And there's a man sitting there that can stand here and I'm sure spend an hour telling you what he's seen with his eyes that God has let me do that out and out miracles in front of people that with their own eyes bugging out that, 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 that they've been able to see. Now, you see, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem sitting at the Sabbath table. On Shabbat. I don't have a problem with Donna lighting the Shabbat candles and and bringing the light into us. I don't have a problem with her praying the Shabbat prayer. I don't have a problem with taking Kaddish. I don't have a problem with eating the Kala. I don't have a problem with the washing of the hands, the need to let them. Have no problem with those things. And then nothing being on that table. And, and opening up my eyes and God put a feast upon that table. I have no problem believing God for that. And folks, that's where we're coming to. We're coming to that time. 
We are coming to the time when we are going to have to live in the miraculous. We're going to have to believe God. If it's going to take manna, God's going to bring manna. But let me tell you something. All things are possible to him that believeth. And if you can't believe for it, guess what? You're not going to have it. And, 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 and I don't understand. And I don't. I, you know, I used, to, I used to cry before God. Cry tears. And I said, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. Why do you let me work these kind of miracles? Why is it? My Lord and my God, I've called rain when there's been drought for three and a half years and told them in, in three days it's going to rain, and it rained. I've told people it was in rainy seasons when I went to Madagascar, and they said, you can't come because it's in the middle of the rainy season. And I, and I, and I wrote back and I said to them, I said, I said, I'll come, and I said, sign from God that it'll rain not. The rainy season will stop. All the time that the prophet has his feet upon your, your land, and, and the day that the prophet's feet leaves that earth, the rains will come back and the rainy season will come. The preacher, he wrote back and he said, well, prophet, you come. You come because he said, we've heard about how God does through you. He said, you come. The minute I got off the plane, there was water on the tarmac all over that airport in Madagascar. Got off that airplane, all that water was there. The clouds were all in the air. And, I, and, and, and this young minister come, and, and he couldn't speak English very well, and he bowed and he said, Prophet, Prophet, he said, Prophet, he said, it'll rain not while the Prophet's here. And I said, how do you know that? And he said, because the Prophet of God said so. And I said, well, then let it be so. And as I, as I ministered there for, for, for 12 days, I was, I was there in, in Madagascar, and we ministered, and God didn't brought miracles and save people. I stood and I prophesied and I told him, I said, the land, the land, the land, the land, the land, the land is going to have a drought. I said, it will rain when the prophet leaves, but the land will have a drought. Your cattle will die. The grass will turn, turn, turn brown. And I said, thousands are going to die from the drought. And the reason they're going to die is because of the sin that's in this land. I took a towel and I wrapped it and I had it soaked in water. And I'm in front of thousands of people in the auditorium. And on that big stage, I took the towel and I beat the stage. God said, you take the towel and you beat the towel upon the stage seven times. And he said, when you get done, you tell them that the staff has now been broken upon the land. I did what God told me to do. And, and, and I left. And bless God, as I got on the airplane that day, the clouds began to come back. And the guy, and it wasn't Stephen was with me, it was another brother, and he said, look at the clouds, the clouds are coming back. And I said, yes, I said, the clouds are coming back. And we got on, and as that airplane taxied down that runway, and we came off of that runway, the water began to hit the window that he was sitting next to. And he looked at me and he said, no one will ever really believe this, will they? And I said, yeah, they'll believe it. There'll come a day when people will believe that there are people that live like this. I never forget Stephen. We we were we were on top of a, a favorite place that I that I go to be when I'm in Barbados, up on the north end. It's it's the most beautiful thing. I tra I travel all over the world. I, I've seen I've seen all kind of beautiful things, but the most beautiful thing that I know of in this world is the north end of Barbados. And you go up in this cliff, and 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 Stephen, how many feet is it from the top of the cliff down to that water? How many? Eighty. About 80 feet to the... Oh, that's a long way. It looks like... Well, I, I, I guess I, 
150, of course, I don't know that. But you look down off there, and the waves are hitting against that from the north side of the Atlantic coming in. It's wild, it's beautiful. And up over, the, up over that 80-foot uh, uh, cliff, the water sprays up. And the ocean, and you go up there and you've got a pair of sunglasses on, you're going to have to clean them when you come down off or any other kind of glasses because, yeah, because you're going to get well, you're going to get ocean uh, salt water all over you. And, and we go up there and we, we pray, and, and, and bless God, we just look. And I can sit, I can take a chair and sit for hours and look across God's creation. Uh, that's the place where I first saw the hurricane and the vision that one day is going to come across and devastate the, the island of, uh, of Barbados. But I was up there that time, and we were praying, and, and, and I, I, was, I was telling the Lord, uh, I didn't want to do some things because the Lord was saying, I, I want you to do this, and I want you to do that. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I said, let somebody else do that. I said, there's other prophets. Let somebody else do it. I said, I don't want to do that. And, and the Lord said, no, you're going to do it. And I said, I said, well, Lord, if I'm going to do it, I said, I want it to rain on this rock. And there was a rock there about that big around, right, Stephen? And it was kind of flat rock, and it was just laying there. And, 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 and anyway, the Lord said to me, he said, you take off your shirt, and you hit that rock three times, and it will rain on that rock. Now, Stephen's just praying away. And all of a sudden, he looks over there, and the prophet's taking off his shirt. Now, I'm sure if there had been people watching all this, they, they, they never would. They, they'd probably haul me off. And I take off that shirt, and I smack that rock three times, and I said, I said, let it rain. I said, let the God of Elijah bring rain down upon this rock. Now, Stephen could come and tell the rest of the story. There wasn't any rain clouds out there. There were some clouds, but they weren't rain clouds. And all of a sudden, it began to rain, and it covered that rock. We got down off of the hill, uh, that cliff, and we started back, and Stephen, he pulled the car over to the side, and he looked at me, and he said, it's just like a dream. He said, it's like it didn't happen. He said, I know it happened, but it's like it didn't happen. And Stephen, the importance of me telling this story is just this. That's the way all of what's about to happen to the people that will believe God on this earth. That's the way it always happens. You, you, you know that it happened, but somehow it was like you were in a dream. It was somehow like you were, you were somewhere else. It was somehow like something just changed, but yet you were there. But yet it happened. And I can tell you, as a prophet of God, that God is waiting on the people to believe Him for miracles. We're, we're going to have to get past this thing. We're going to somehow have to get past this thing of praying and hoping. We're going to have to come to the place of understanding the Lord God loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave you His only Son. He gave His only Son for us. His Son came and was obedient. Obedient right to the cross. And the Bible just simply said, And by the stripes that He bore upon the tree, by those stripes ye were healed. We were healed at that point. Healed of what? Healed of everything. See, we often talk about that being a physical healing. I'm going to tell you something. We've been healed for manna to come from heaven. We've been healed, bless God, for oceans to open up. We've been healed for the dead to be raised. We've been healed. See, and that's the reason I have, when I teach, and I begin to get into these places, like I said, mostly the worst places I ever get into to have to go back and teach this stuff is Pentecostal churches. The more sick people in Pentecostal churches than any place I've ever been in my life. 
And I'll just say, that's it. I said, Pastor, I'm either going to have to sit down and teach these people about healing or I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm not, I, said, yeah, yeah. Well, I said, I didn't know anything about healing. See, healing is supernatural. It doesn't have anything to do with going to the doctor or having an operation. It is supernatural. I think Stan's about to play the, 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 the CD that I did up in Milwaukee on, the, on his radio broadcast here uh, before very long because I began to talk about seeing how miracle healings and how God had, uh, did things. One night, I was here in this church, and I, I hadn't been preaching all that many years, maybe, maybe six, seven, eight years, I don't know. And, and I, I, things always worked in spurts for me for years, and it used to about halfway... I, I don't know what, I, I almost would get to the point of thinking, well, that's the only thing I'm ever going to see God do, you know? And, and it, well, I went through a period of time that I think every short-legged person in, a, in, 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 in ten counties around here show up in this building. And one night, how many of them was there, Donna? Twelve. And that's a number of God, isn't it? And, and, of course, we had a lot more seats in here. And, 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 and I had enough here where one, two, three, four, five, six, and there was 12 short-legged people, and I had them all come up and sit down. I took out chairs, and we put chairs up here in front of them. Turned them we turned them around like this so that we can get them set up in there and shove their, shove their hips to the back so we can make sure and see that if they're really, you know, how short their legs are and whatever. And anyway, I got them all lined up there, 12 of them. And I, I, I walked down, walked down through there, and I, I prayed. I got down, down at the end of it, and the Lord God said, "Now I want you to point." He said, "I want you to yell my name, and watch what happened." And I'll never forget. I got actually, I was down out of the end, and when I got down there, I prayed, and I yelled His name, and I pointed, and it was like dominoes that started out on that end down there, and them legs you could just see them, uh, you could just see them. And I stood right here like this. And, I, and you could just see those legs, and those legs just started coming out. One, two, three, four, five, all the way down here to the twelfth one that was down here. And, and I told people, I said, you know, I've had to watch God do all kind of things. I've had to watch God do... Uh, I think what... And you might have been here, Janelle, when it happened. A rather large lady came in, and she had a crushed disc in her back. And she was going to go in to have an operation... Now, this is Sunday night, and she's going to go have an operation on Monday. It already had the hospital thing all lined up and everything, and she got my line. I'd, I think she had been in one service with me before. In fact, she drove over somewhere, uh, Carlinville, I think is where she was from, uh, over to your neck of the woods. And anyway, she, she'd come up here, and, and I'm standing there, and I said to her, I said, I said, Sister, I said, God wants to heal your back. And she said, yeah, and said, if he doesn't, I'm going to have to have this operation. So she told me about the disc. In fact, there was two discs that was in her back. One of them was cracked, and the other one was crushed. Now, what that means, I'm not sure. But anyway, that, all I saw was she was having a terrible time with her back in the spirit. And, and so anyway, uh, I looked at her, and God, God uh, said to me, he said, tell her to lay down on her stomach, and you're going to jump on her back three times, and I'm going to heal her. I, I, when that happens, a lot of times I turn around and say, Now, God, are you, are you sure that you know? I, I, yeah, I said, Tell her. So I looked at her and I said, Sister, do you trust me? She said, I don't even know you. I thought, Oh. She looked at me and she said, Are you sure about that? And I said, Honey, I better be sure about that. Because I knew, big as I am, even as big as she was, that I'd, uh, whatever she didn't have broken, it would be broken in two. And I'm standing there going, Lord, you're sure this is what you want me to do? And the Lord said, do it. Do it. 
She looked at me. She said, I guess I don't have anything to lose. She, and I, I was hoping, here's your place it works. I was hoping she wouldn't lay down. <laughs> Belly first. She just lay down. That was it. I took my shoes off. I got on her back. Jumped three times. Said the name of Yeshua. She jumped off up off that floor and started running, jumping up and down. And God healed her. Now, how could that be? You know what God was teaching me in all that? God will move past. God will move past what we believe or how we believe that He's got to do something to be able to show us that He is able to do anything He wants to do, any time He wants to do it, He is capable and able and willing to do it. And, I, and, I, and you know, I, I went home, I'll never forget, I went home that night after that service and I thought to myself, I thought, God, what are, you, what, what are we doing here? My Lord and my God, I've had people roll from that wall to that wall. That, that, that bless God, that has something wrong with them. Jump up and run around this room healed. I had one old boy one night that came in here that, that, that was also going to have a gallbladder uh, operation on the, on the next day. And, and he was a big guy. That guy, must, that, guy was, that guy was every bit of that. I mean, he was tall. And anyway, uh, he, he came up here, and I, I, God had told me that there was some. I didn't know who that guy was. I said, "There's somebody here that needs to. Uh, you're going to have to have a gallbladder operation. But if you come up here, God's going to heal you." And so, boy, that brother, he got up and came here, and I thought, "Man, he a big, tall drink of water." And he walked up there, and, and I said, "I started laying hands on God." I said, "Don't, don't lay hands on him." And I thought, "Well, Lord, why not? That's what I always do." He said, "No, no." He said, "I want you to rear back and hit him in the gallbladder." And say my name. And I said, God, are you sure about this? Now it wasn't the same night. Thank God it was not. I'd have gone home, shut the lights off, and gone home. I mean, I mean, but but that's one thing. And anyway, I I looked at that big old boy, and I mean, he looked mean. And I said, I said, brother, I said, God wants to heal you kind of in an unusual way. He said, okay. And so I stood there, and so I thought, I said, I. Hold your hands up, in the, up to the Lord God and close your eyes. I was going to take a cheap shot, see. And, and, and he did. And I had two guys catching that was behind him. And I leaned back and I screamed the name of Jesus. And I smacked him in the gallbladder. And I knocked him and two brothers just about back, just about back where that chair, those chairs are. And there's all three on the floor. I looked around and I thought, now. And he was out. I mean, God put him out. Now, you know, some people thought I knocked him out, but, but, but he was out in the spirit. And so I told the one brother that called, I said, you stand right here. And I said, when that big old boy comes back around, you come get me. Because I had, I had a bunch more. I said, you, you, I, immediately you come and get me. I was checking those exit doors. I thought, dear God in heaven, it may be that the prophet will be making a quick exit out of one of these doors, other. And I mean, I was serious. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 read about Elijah. You know, Elijah brought down fire, and next thing you saw Elijah doing, he was running, hiding from Jezebel, thinking he was going to die. Say, we're all the same. Prophets are just placing blood, working by this, this, this holy anointing of God, and it all works, and it all happens, and when it's all over, we're going, Who's going to shoot at us, and who's going to chase us, and who's going to do this? And, and so I, I, I'm just covering all the bases, and I said, now, brother, I mean, when he stirs, you come get me. Because, see, I could see me being down there playing, that old boy get up and cold cock me. You know, so I mean, I'm covering all the bases. And so anyway, uh, I'm down, I'm somewhere else praying, and anyway, he comes over, he says, he's coming around. I said, oh, thank you, brother. And I'm kind of watching you. 
They helped him up off the floor and he fell around. He said, Dear God in heaven. He said, Then. He said, What did you do? And I said, I hit you, brother. He said, It must have worked. Took me out for a steak supper that night. We had he had steak, I had steak. He had he said I haven't had a good meal in six weeks. And he said and we ate steak and French fries and we got done. And I said uh, I'm glad I prayed over this over this food. And and he said why? And I said because brother. I said I'm going to tell you one thing. I said if you still have gallbladder trouble, you're going to die right here on the spot. Now I said that's all there is to it. And I knew that he wasn't. I knew God had healed him, and God did heal him. But 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 and so it goes on. So it goes on, so it goes on, and so it goes on. What is there about a living God that would have us act foolishly? I'm going to tell you something about God. It pleases God. It pleases God when we'll just be obedient to Him, because out of obedience to Him, we'll begin to learn who He is. Because, I'm, you know, people all the time call me and say, well, now, Brother Deckard, I believe God's going to do this and God's going to do that. And I believe God's, I believe, I believe if somebody, Brother Deckard, go talk to the president. I believe, I said, well, go talk to him. Well, no, no, I'm not a prophet. I said, hey, let me tell you something. I'm not going to talk to nobody unless God appears to me. I have visitations by angels. And I said, when God wants me to go somewhere, there'll be an angel come wake old Deckard up, and that angel will begin to tell me what I'm supposed to do and when I'm supposed to do it and where I'm supposed to go get it done at. And old Deckard's going to go. And I said, until then, understand me something, brother. I ain't going no place. But I said, since God told you, you know, the quickest way to find out is God, go do it. See, people all the time ask me, said, well, I don't know whether it's God. I said, go do it. I said, you run your mouth all saying, God said this, God said that. Why don't you come live in the world I live in? Bless God, I live in a world where i got to go do those things. I've got to put my ministry on the line week after week and month after month and year after year. For 30 years I've done this stuff. This isn't something, bless God, it's a cakewalk that I did one time in the work that I'm running around proud about at all. It scares, now listen closely, it scares the hell out of me. And thank God it does, you know what I mean? Or it did. Uh, uh, it still scares me. It scares me. Bless God, it scares me. You remember when I went to see the, the Prime Minister of, of Barbados? I, w- I mean, I was... Huh? Dear God in heaven, I'd rather, I'd rather took a, a whipping with a big stick. You know what I mean? Huh? I felt as stupid as, as a goat uh, that tied the pump. That's a, that's, a, that's a Barbados joke, okay? Now, I don't understand all that yet, but I like the idea of it. I like the one about the being ugly as a picnic ham, though, probably, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming around. It'll be all right. I'm, I'm getting some material here. You know, we'll, we'll surprise them tomorrow night out in Phoenix. Don't think we won't. They'll be surprised. But you see, that's the way it is with God. You prophesy in part because you know in part. I get to know in whole, and it still scares me. I'm saying, one, night, one time the Lord, well, let me tell you a story about when I, when I had to go a pronounced judgment on Madagascar, and by the way, uh, that, they like to dried up and blew away. That drought got so bad down there that they were dying by the thousands. And, and you know what? They, I get letters, and it's my fault. So why, why, why'd you why'd you cause that cause it to, uh, everybody to die? I said I didn't cause anybody to die. I just I just said I just said what God told me to say. But I'm I'm sitting in the hotel room, and I'm praying. And the Lord told me He said, now, I want you to go pronounce judgment on this island. Madagascar is, a, Madagascar is as big as our eastern seaboard. And anyway, I, I'm pacing back and forth in that room. I said, Lord, I said, how come I always have to do these things? I, you, you, I, how come I've got to do it? I said, there's other people 
that's capable, that, that, that speak a whole lot better than I speak. And I said, you're always picking on me. I said, you're always picking on me. I said, dear God in heaven, I'm not the only prophet that's ever been to Madagascar. They're always picking on me. And God said, if I give you a sign, will you go? I said, Lord, I'm going to go. You know I'm going to go, but yeah, if you'll give me a sign so that I know that I know that I know that I've got exactly what I'm supposed to do, I'll do it. And the Lord said to me, what do you want for a sign? Now, a lot of the church is going to tell you, oh, you better not do that now. You lay out, don't be laying out fleeces. You're looking at a prophet that's laid out enough fleeces to sink at least two or three battleships that I know of. And bless God, I'm going to tell you something. I don't think it's any fun going out here, standing in front of multitudes of people and start telling people this, 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 and this is going to happen, and here's what's going to happen, and this is when it's going to happen, and how many days it's going to take place. I don't think that's any fun. Now, some people think, oh, that must be a wonderful, glorious thing to be doing. No, it is a curse from God. And I've been cursed with it. I said, okay. Now, you remember I'm there, and, and I'm in the middle of the rainy season, and it hadn't rained. Instead of there being clouds, that was just, that, I don't know if you ever looked up, and there were just like a, a streaks. And here comes streaks across the sky. And so I'm standing there, and I said, okay, Lord, I said, if you want me to go break the, the staff uh, of bread against this country, I said, then I'm standing there, a big old window, I said, you let an, a cloud that looks like an elephant go by this window. And I said, and I said then I'll, I'll, I'll know that that's everything you've shown me, every bit of it, I'll go do. And I stood there, and you know, when you stand there for two or three minutes waiting on a cloud, you ever stood and waited on a cloud two or three minutes? Not everybody, not everybody gets a chance like that, but I've, I've had an opportunity. I'm standing there, and all of a sudden, from the left side of that window... I see a trunk. Then I see the head. I see the ears. I see the leg. I see the legs. I see the body. And I see the tail. And there goes this elephant across there. I said, thank you, Lord. And the Lord said, just a minute. And right behind that came a baby elephant. Now he said, go prophesy what I told you to prophesy. I said, God, I will go. Well, those amount of years went by. Remember when we were in uh, Guyana? We was in Guyana, and, and, and the Lord told me, He said, I want you to, I want you to uh, leave a sign with the people and tell the people that it's going gonna, it's gonna to flood, and the floodwaters are going to get up into the drinking water, and thousands of people are going to get deathly sick. And He said, you tell them it's a sign that I sent the prophet to the land. And I said, okay. And I said, and Lord, and, and you give me a sign. And so, again, I'm standing, yeah, me and the Lord's had a lot of those, a lot of those talks, and I stand there and people say, well, that's not faith. I don't care what you call it. I'm going to tell you something again, folks. You, <laughs> you ought to go try it sometime. And, and, and so, and the Lord said, well, what do you want? And I said, well, and I'm, I'm in another one of these hotel rooms, and I'm looking down across the street, and there's people walking by. And I said, I let the next uh, woman that walks by here be dressed in red. I stand there for about four or five minutes, and nobody read. And I said, yep, I thought so. I said, no, just wait a minute. Here come a woman dressed in red, went by. I said, uh, Lord, how about somebody in blue? The Lord said, no, you said red, you go. So I went, I did it. Next trip went into, into, went to Guyana, went back to Guyana after I, I, I pronounced that piece of judgment on them. And the Lord God said to me, uh, he said, uh, prepare yourself. I said, for what? He said, they're going to call you the devil. 
got down there and had a, an old boy come to me and he said, why did you get all these people sick for? I said, I didn't get anybody sick. He said, yeah, you got them sick. He said, why did you get them sick for? I said, no, no, I just prophesied what God said. Was going to, yeah, but you're the one that said it was going to happen. I said, I'm just telling you what God is saying. So you see, it doesn't make any difference as to whether you're right. It does make a big difference as to whether you're right or wrong. But it doesn't make any difference to the people because I'm going to tell you something about people. People that are not willing to believe. You know what the Lord said? At least you thrust your hand into my side, Thomas, and place your fingers into my hands. You don't want to believe. But blessed are those, Thomas, that have never done that and yet believe. And you know, I find myself saying that over and over to people because people need to understand something. Folks, this isn't a game. We are entering in to what I believe to be one of the most, if you will, balancing types of situations between death and life that this earth has ever known. And I, and I, I believe that. And I, I don't mean just with this plague that's coming. This, this, you know, when, when, when the uh, tsunami came and, and the Lord told me, He said, you, you tell them that I've now turned loose that horse, that, that pale horse. He said, you tell them. And you tell them it is now the beginning of sorrows and there will be one sorrow. Now listen to what I prophesied. There will be one sorrow after another sorrow after another sorrow after another sorrow. You sisters heard that, right? And that's exactly what's happened. And it's not over. Why? Because this thing is now coming to an absolute different place of which we, as what we call ourselves a church, has never known. That's the reason I, I keep saying we're, we're in the midst of it. And what we've got to understand is we've got to learn to live in this thing. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to learn to live in it. But in order to live in it, and, and, and I know, uh, even though I've demonstrated, and I demonstrate the anointing of God all over this world, have for years, but you want to know something? Somehow seeing, now listen closely, seeing still doesn't cause people to believe. It just doesn't. I, I, I can't tell you how many times people come to me and say, Oh, Brother Deckard, I saw that miracle, and that will change my life. And I've said to him, No, it won't. No. Miracles don't change your life. The Lord changes your life. You get wrapped up and you get tied up into Him, and your life will change. What you see, feelings, feelings will soon disappear. You know, you had feelings that you had last week. You were happy or you were sad or whatever. This week, you don't have that same feeling. Uh, you may have another feeling. It may be something close to it, but it won't be the same one feeling, will it? It just won't be. Well, let's go on. You know, I got started and I told about all these scriptures I had to do, and here I'm going down through this, and who knows. Now let's go to Joshua, the fourth chapter, and we're going to go to 17 and 18. Now he's dealing with these priests, all right? And he told them to take that Ark of the Covenant, and told them, said, now they're going to go down, and that, that Jordan wasn't going to stand up on, in heaps until the, until the priest's feet touched the top of the water. All right. And the 17th verse, 4th chapter says, Joshua therefore commanded the priest, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up unto the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over all his banks as they did before. Now, what, 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 what happened? It went back to being just like it was, and nobody could have ever known except those people that were there and the Israelite children that passed over in dry land that that Jordan had ever been opened up. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to prophesy something to you. The day is going to come when this prophet is going to take this tulip. We saw where Elijah divided that Jordan. 
We saw where Elisha divided that Jordan. And the Lord God has told me that the day will come that I will take this to leap, and I will, I will yell, and I will yell unto the Lord our God through the name of His Son, Yeshua, and that Jordan is going to open up. There's signs and there's wonders that are going to be presented to Israel that's going to let Israel understand that God means business. Israel is playing bigger games with this thing than the church is. And the fact of it is, it, it's going to take prophets, and it's going to take... I'm going to tell you, if there's one thing Israel understands, is prophets. And they understand prophets. And why do they? Because their lives were controlled. They hated them. They put them to death. They scorned them. They, they did, disbelieved them, made them outliers, did everything they could do. But in the bottom end of it, they, they, and you know, and that's when God said, there's two things in this, on this earth to fear. It's the Lord our God and it's the prophets. There's two things, there's two different, it's, it's God and His prophets. And you better leave them alone because they're going to do what God, if they're in tune, if they are hearing what God is telling them to do in their tune, they're going to come and do exactly what God tells them to do, and they're going to leave, and it's going to happen, then everybody's going to go boo-hoo, and everybody's going to carry on, and before this thing, this plague that's coming is over, it's going to get blamed on me because I'm the prophet that's traveling around this nation, around this world, saying there's a plague coming. And like I said, now that with China has now admitted that it's now being transported human to human, it's mutated, this thing is going to quickly become a mess. And that's the same thing that I said. And, you know, when I go back and I, 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 I begin to think about all that, you know, I said that, well, it was in the chickens. Well, everybody knew it was in the chickens, all right? But I said, it's going to come out of the chickens, go into the ducks and the geese. That's done that. Going to go in, in, into the, into the uh, uh, to animals. It's done that. It's going into the swine. And I said, then it's going to mutate. And then it's going to go into a, a, an airborne virus. And then it's going to get passed from human to human. And that's where we're at today. That's where we're at tonight. Now, uh, again, what has all this got to do with that, folks? This is what it's all about. It's not about sitting around going, Oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm covered by the blood. And I keep telling telling that blood's not going to do you any good. You can cry covered with the blood all day long. The only thing that blood came to do, which was everything, was to get you to heaven. I want to tell you something. I've seen, I've seen, uh, Stephen's got a wonderful story. I guess I probably said something about it before, Stephen, but I, I, when I get to Barbados, we need to go see that brother. Maybe we can get him delivered. And this brother, he always uh, was, thought he had a deliverance ministry and had seen a lot of people healed. And, 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 and through the name of Yeshua. And, and anyway, uh, uh, he got into trying to cast devils out of people. Demons, whatever you want to call them. And anyway, he, hey, oh, hey, I, he, he plead the blood of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus. And, and these people, this old, this old boy had this demon, but it's God, uh, like to kill him, like to beat, in fact, beat him so bad he went blind. You can see if he's still blind. I come down there, bless God, on, huh? Partially blind. You tell him he wants to see all the way. The prophet will come down there. Hey, we'll, 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 we'll lay hands on that brother and teach him how to cast them demons out first. Now, I'm not going to, hey, I'm not, you tell him I'm not going to pray for him that he see real well again if he's going to go out here and, and <laughs> oh, I plead the blood of Jesus. That, that, that demon rose up in that old boy and beat the thunder out of him. Like to kill him. Well, you know, you don't understand it. Go study. I told somebody here up in Milwaukee, go study the blood and find out what that, what's all about that. What all about that blood? Dear God in heaven, I don't, that's back to being a stupid, no, we won't go to that thing again, right? I like that though. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. Let me go, let me go, let's, let's go to 1 Samuel. No, Joshua 6, got a verse there. Joshua 6, 20. Can't go there yet. It's going to take me forever to do this, Lord. 
I'm going to have the biggest series than any one preacher ever had. I could have, I could have 200 hours on learning how to live in the miraculous. And you know what God would tell me? Cut that down to about four and maybe I can use it. I'm going to have to quit telling stories here. I never, I mean, I got material. Dear God in heaven, Joshua 6.20. Somebody said, well, hurry up and get to it. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpet. Now, you know where we're at now, right? We're Jericho. They blew the trumpet, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, which Joshua told them now, this is what they were supposed to do, that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Now, the thing that the church never understood about this was, and, I, and if you don't know, <coughs> excuse me, make a note of this, whether mentally or you do it physically. God always has, God always will deliver Israel on the seventh day of Pesach, of Passover. When this took place was the seventh day of Pesach. God delivers Israel. And every Jew, every Orthodox Jew that's worthy salt knows that story, but none of the church ever heard it. Isn't that sad? None of the church ever heard the story until finally we come out from all that, whatever that was, and begin to talk about things such as Jesus was not born on the 25th of December, and he wasn't born in a manger. He's born in a sukkah during Sukkot, which is in uh, latter October. And uh, so forget the, forget the, you know, all that stuff that went on that you heard with the, you know, the, the sheep of Bion and, or the, yeah, and the, the goats doing what they did. They wouldn't have goats there, just sheep. And uh, forget it. That, w- that wasn't what happened. He was, uh, they borrowed a sukkah, was given a sukkah. And Mary, Miriam went in and had or bore Mashiach, Messiah, in a sukkah. Uh, well, you know, being a Jew, they do things the Jewish way. Listen to me. Being a Jew, they do things the Jewish way. Being grafted in Jews, we still do things the Jewish way. We just haven't been told yet to do it, but the prophets are beginning to say how, you know, how that would be done. Um, I, I wrote a brother this week and emailed him, and, and uh, he's some, I don't know where in the nation he's at, but anyway, he wanted to know if all the Messianic movement was as not spirit-filled and as all that he had been around. And I said, yeah, he, he got the right group. But I wrote back, I said, have, I said, be patient. I said, because God's going God's to use me. I, I'm going to tell you something. In three to five years, God's going to raise up a spirit-filled messianic organization in this nation that's going to turn the heads of the world, and he's going to do that. And uh, he's going to do it without us or with us, and they might as well be with us, uh, because somebody's going to have to. Somebody's going to have to step in. Somebody that, that that's been there, that, that's done something, and going to have to step in and begin to give direction and order to some of this stuff. Because uh, speaking Hebrew and doing those cute little Hebrew dances, uh, you know, and and all that kind of stuff, it, it isn't it, that that that's not the moving God. That's not moving God, and the hand of God's not going to move because of it. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change 
your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.